0: Please lock all doors and seal all windows. All members in your household should hide in the most central part of a building. This is just a ghost.
1: Hi,
2: I'm Katie, the final girl. I never had any friends later on in life like I had when I was 12. Jesus, does anyone?
3: And I'm Shaun of the Dead. You guys want to go see a dead body?
2: And tonight on The House That Screams uh, Horror Business Edition, where we do um, non-horror titles with horror ties. Um, we are doing the 1986 film Stand By Me. Uh, clearly, the horror tie is Stephen King. Um, we have
4: Nico Nice,
1: Chopper, Sick Balls.
4: <laughs> we have Erica Wright. Suck my big fat one, you cheap dime store hood.
2: <laughs> and we have returning guests, Ivy. I forgot the knock. Let me in. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I didn't even know anybody was gonna pick quotes from him. That was that was good. Um, so I'm I'm gonna cheat a little bit tonight I'm not feeling well and as of the recording this weekend we have big plans to go to Monster Mania in New Jersey with Nico and all that so I said just in case I don't last the whole episode I want to go first and I'm gonna get like I'm gonna get the heavy shit right out the way um I'm just gonna go right into it and we'll get it lighthearted later but the quote that I picked is something like when I saw this as a kid you know, I had this big crush on River Phoenix in this movie, and that lasted for, I, I still do. And um, but—and I love the movie, because all, all the acting was superb and all this stuff. But the quote that I picked, the older that I get, the more it really hits me hard. And I thought back, you know, because when you're in your 40s or your late 30s, you know, or when you're a parent, you, you think back to that shit, and you're like, I didn't even know that I was, you know, because the, the age that they're at, twelve. Think about they're getting ready to go to junior high. They're going on this last trip right before school starts. And want to see a dead body? Well, you're twelve. Of course you do, because you're <laughs> you're not thinking about girls or boys. You're not thinking about getting with you know a, you know with somebody. All you care about is your friends, and and hanging out and that, and you, and dicking around all fucking day. And you don't realize like that's magical. No matter what you're doing, no matter how somber it is, and. uh... That hit me really hard because that quote, I never had friends like I did when I was 12. And I think that's true. We go on in life. We change. We grow out of friends or we, we separate a little bit like at the end of the movie, um, you know, the story of Burn and Teddy, which is different from the book, because in the book, they both fucking die tragically and they're absolute like trash. They become like the new Ace Merrill and gang. And, and that's when you, you have that breakdown scene with Chris. He's like, that's what I'm going to be. And Gordy's like, because the whole, the whole episode, episode, the whole movie is really, and the novella is really about the relationship between Gordy and Chris. And and talking to him, you know, you can do the college courses, you're smart enough. And And that breakdown scene with River Phoenix is really fucking intense, and God, if it doesn't get you, I don't know what's wrong with you, but... You know so we have that famous like fade out of them kind of disappearing with you know teddy and burn disappearing and it's chris and gordy and they actually say the real goodbye because like after everything they're just kind of like see you in school bye whatever and you know that they never hung out again but chris and gordy did and uh okay so the thing is um i had the same best friend from childhood on, if it wasn't for her, I would not be married to Sean. We would not know each other, um, like we do. Uh, we would not be married, but, um, because she was his cousin, and I mean, we outgrew each other, but we never stopped being best friends. Like you know, we were there for weddings and childbirths, and 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 you know, that was the person that I fucking called in the middle of the night when I had a problem, and and Sam went. And much like, you know, Chris and Gordy. They stayed friends, but you know, they kind of had their own lives, like, which we do as adults. And that's what happened with us. And, uh, you know, and on uh, Saturday was her birthday. And much like Chris, she's dead. And uh, she died young, been dead um, three years this year. And because uh, I was thinking, oh, she's 43. Oh shit, she's never gonna be older than 40. And, and it just, and it's like, all this time I was angry and I was going through these different stages of grief and it's finally the sadness the the grieving process has really begun like the sadness and it really surprised me because I thought like I was past all that and so the timeliness of this talking about this film it really hit me like God when we were when we were 12 like we were each other's world and 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 the and when Richard Dreyfuss who plays older Gordy is typing he's like you know even though we hadn't talked in 10 years which in the book they kept better tabs not super close because like i talked about when you're an adult you just can't but um he's like i will miss him forever you know and and there's like this hole in your life and uh no matter what fight you had or whatever like you and, and, and there's a part of me that, like, you know, when you're 12, you, you're rushing. You have all these plans for the future. You want to be like the older kids in, in junior high and high school. And you want to grow up and you want to have this great career. You want to be a rock star. Whatever dumb shit that you think you can do at 12. That's actually really hard to do. And we're, we were just rushing. And I just would give anything to go back. in one day, with the wisdom that I have now, and go, this is it. This is that moment that I'm going to try and recapture for the rest of my fucking life. We can't ever go back. And um, that is really the essence of the story, the heart of it. Every, um, this comes from the, um, the anthology uh, from Stephen King, different seasons where there are four stories, three of which have been made into the best Stephen King movies ever. Um, and The Breathing Method has not, but I, I, I love The Breathing Method, but it's, it's, uh, it's hard, it would be hard to make a film out of. And um, so, but, but yeah, like, I mean, think about the Shawshank Redemption. If you're not in fucking Niagara Falls, parts of that Jesus, and the same with this one. But like, I was sad as a kid, but as a 42 year old, I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. Like it just it just hurts in a place that you can't touch. It hurts.
5: The in existential a way. parts hit more once you've actually lived life. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it really
2: is. Especially when you have children. Yeah. Um, but I think it affects people who don't have children, just older and going, wow, that was the greatest summer of my life. And I didn't fucking know it. I was trying, I was in such a hurry to get here. And now I would sell everything to just go back one day where I didn't think about bills. And my friends were my entire fucking world. And, I, you know, summer vacation felt like a year long, you know, and you were just so excited to go to junior high and go on with your life. And I'm like, no, slow down. Don't do that. So to lighten that up. Uh... I want to make a comparison. It's a little emotional, too, but maybe it's a little bit more lighthearted. It reminds me in an odd way of Toy Story 3. When that was the first movie I ever took Ash to see. He was a toddler. Um, He's going to be 15 in like a week. And I took the kids to see it. And I when I was leaving, I mean, I was crying at the fucking end. When when Andy was saying goodbye to his toys. And I was thinking, oh, man, you don't even know. Like, you're going to re- you're going to look back on this and you're going to go, oh, shit. So all the adults I noticed when we were leaving were fucking red eyed, crying. The kids were like, that was sad, but it turned out OK. They don't get it yet. It's one of those tragic things that you only get by experience. And so I realized that, like, not only was it in the theater that I went to, but um, even online, people were like, oh, God, I fucking bald my eyes. All these grown men, you know, like. So, yeah, it reminded me a little bit of that where you're just like, the kids don't get it, but they will. Like, yeah, this was sad when I was a kid, but at 42, it hits different. So there's my spiel. I didn't cry as much as I thought I would, but boy, whew. um, I want to get that out of the way. Uh, um, Ivy, you're the guest. Uh, How about it? I'm sorry to, to have hit with all that, but at least that's out of the way and we can laugh now or something. Or if you want to add uh, to it. <laughs>
5: yeah, absolutely. What were you going to say, Nico? I see your hands up. Okay, okay. Um, So my first thing, because I just rewatched it with my kids after years of not seeing it. And I noticed right off the bat, Gordy's dad's acting is fucking horrible. It is so (laughs) bad. I'm like, how long has it been that this is this bad? Like, you're going right into the very beginning. You're not even five minutes in when you see his dad.
0: And I guess I never gave him much
5: of a thought. Terrible. Yeah, well, I i wasn't really, I don't, I never did either before. But I'm sitting here and I'm paying attention because I remember, like, from the book and then from watching it previously, like, his family was going through a rough time from his brother's death. So I was paying more attention as a mom. And I'm like, wow, either you're a shitty dad or you're a shitty actor. And either one is just terrible. Shitty Absolutely dad. terrible. Sure. Um, Why not both? Or both, you know, both <laughs> is definitely a possibility. But it was so bad. I'm like, this is how you opened up. I bet Stephen King was pissed when he saw that and saw how bad it opened up. I would have been. I would have been so upset. He
1: he actually wasn't though. He no? he said this is like out of out of all the adaptations of his work, mm. this one this one actually um ranks as, as his favorite. Yeah, he was taken yeah, up and and, yeah, and like and, emotional from it. He,
5: but there's a loves, lot of very yeah. good parts. The kids are the best parts of the whole movie. The kids are definitely the best parts. All of the adults just kinda act like I don't know, I feel like they didn't really want to be in it.
1: I you know, and I, I think kids, a lot of that a lot of that has to go, I guess, with Rob Reiner because he he only made very subtle changes to the to the source material too. There really right. wasn't very too, too much that, that he, you know, there was just, he had some suggestions that, you know, Stephen King was like, okay, let's see how it works out. Because his main thing right. was he wanted the kids to be the focus. He wanted those boys to be like the focal point of the, of the movie, not Gordy in the future, not everything else. But he wanted it in, in the present, so to speak, in that moment for us as the viewer to kind of be like like the fly on the wall with them on their on their journey.
2: And if I can jump in on that just quickly, um, and we used to tell the the term like male gazy or female gaze is anything.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: This is kid gazy. Of course, the adults are terrible. Sense. When you're a kid, the adults suck. Yes, this is true.
5: Maybe that was what it was because it's just it just seemed like it was really bad acting all around. Well, I also,
1: too, like, look at it especially like this, Look at this too. I'd be like, and I'm going to keep, jumping, but it's also kind of tying in what you're saying. Every single adult that Gordy encounters when he's by himself or even with the group, they always say, "Your brother Denny, your brother was this, your brother was that." So it's mm-hmm. almost like that even even in death, Denny has like this big shadow Eclipse looming them. over Gordy. That that yeah. Gordy is almost like even again in death, he's still living in his big brother's shadow.
5: Everywhere so, he goes, so everywhere of, he course, goes. Of course,
1: yeah. I think I think that that was done on purpose for the adults to kind of look like. You know, complete assholes, for lack of a better term. Yeah, the whole
2: like you're not as yeah. good as your brother. How could you? You know, your brother was so I, great. you're
5: How insensitive good. is that? He lost somebody too. But well, people don't think also about too, that shit.
1: But the, like, but like Handy said too. Like in in the story, they're not that close in the story.
5: No, that was no. another
1: change that Rob Reiner made to kind of give more, um, God, this... you know, context and, yeah. and and substance to like you know, for for Gordy, you know, and it's no coincidence. Someone a Yankee had to specifically for this. Thing, and Stephen King shirt but you know um, but yeah that's that's like some know. of the subtle things that Rob Reiner did to kind of boost it and, and Stephen King was like wow that actually works a lot better than when I thought it was going to work
5: right and it did it, it's a great movie I'm not saying it's not it mm-hmm. was just that first scene and I'm like this is how you're going to open up but you know it's still a good movie and the book was amazing I loved both yeah. but yeah, that was like the first thing that ca- like caught me off guard. Uh, but I do have to say, my son, we're watching it together, and he's getting so pumped up. And I didn't realize what part was coming up. It's the throw up story.
3: <laughs> I
0: love he it. He is
5: like, then you're twelve. Friend. Like that's fucking 18. entertainment right yeah. there. Oh no, he's seven. He's six. Sorry. <laughs> well, he's yeah, thin- even when you're a little kid, yeah. I mean that. Yeah, that's later. his. Yep. He's so excited. He's sitting on the couch. He's getting excited. He's telling his sister. And she's like, it's not funny. And she goes, no, it's not awesome. It's gross. And I'm thinking, dead (laughs) body. That's gross, Florida. And, yeah, Florida. and then we see that, and I'm like, oh,
2: okay. Well, the
3: the funny thing about the throw up scene is the what they mixed to make the vomit was blueberries and cottage cheese. I love. And it. I'm it's like, sweet,
2: but no blueberries. No, I'm like, anyway. Yeah,
3: that that would make me <laughs> throw up anyway. So, am I the only
2: person on earth who you know, likes that. cottage cheese? I eat it right out of the container. I, I, I do, do still love cottage love cheese. I Not used like to absolutely that. love it, but now I can't eat it. I just
5: have no
1: taste
2: for it. Oh, I crave it all the time. I still fucking eat it right out of the container. And everybody's like, oh, God. You're fucking I'm like, gross. you and your fucking blueberries are disgusting, though.
1: <laughs> so, I I actually first saw this when we shouldn't have been watching this kind of movie. But it's, even though it's rated R, it's relatively tame for an R-rated mm-hmm. movie. I think now... um it, I mean, it probably still will get rated R, right? Because of like the language, but yeah, barely. That's really it. I mean, there's probably more than the allowable, you know, one fucking a PG-13 movie in this. I, I believe I haven't seen. I, I saw it actually not too long ago. I actually showed this to a friend of mine. Was in Minnesota. We we do video chat, so like we'll watch movies, and I'm always introducing her to like you know these movies that we all grew up on. And she was so reluctant to see this, and I'm like, listen, it's a Stephen King story, and she's like, oh wait a minute, what? I'm like, yeah, but it's not a horror movie. So she was like, "All right, I'm I'm slightly intrigued. Let's let's watch this." So by the end of it, she was like, "Wow!" And I'm like, "I told you." Like even as a kid, this movie resonated. I, you know, I, I always say um, there's certain movies from the '80s that are that are rites of passage movies. This is in the top three definitely um, it's, it's yeah, on this... our
2: social media like literally everybody that commented on it when i promoted it was yeah. like this is my favorite fucking movie yeah or this is my I, favorite movie from my childhood or I, I
1: would say it's the, and, and in no particular order it's it's this the goonies and i'm gonna get the face in a minute the lost boys are typically like like <laughs> the, the trinity of three that <laughs> I can get girl. behind that, but in like, I, but if you go in the grander scope, I mean, obviously, like, never ending stories added in there. Yes, yeah, yeah. so that's mine, right? and, and, and like, Princess
2: Bride and right. Labyrinth. Labyrinth.
1: But but typically, like your your top three that people have seen are the Goonies, The Lost Boys, and Stand By Me. That that's all typically three, like the three,
3: all three. Corey Feldman too, yeah, and yeah, and
2: he's, people give him shit because he's a fucking weirdo, and I understand because he had a really traumatic youth. He said actually, Teddy. Is the, the character he's played that's most like him and his mm-hmm. backstory um but cory feldman was a phenomenal actor like i had a crush on him like he i loved him his mouth and goonies but in this movie like i can't imagine anybody else like every single child actor in this including river phoenix who we lost way too soon and god that makes me sad um phenomenal
1: and I actually i actually had the, I, I didn't see it when it first I, I didn't see it in theaters when it first came out it was on vhs like everybody else. Yeah, did. same. Um, and and what's weird—it's gonna sound a little, little weird because like they're a year mm-hmm. apart. But I um, whenever I do like I, if I ever do a double feature for some things, like when I watch, for whatever reason, I always pair La Bamba with Stand by Me. For uh, a and but it's I
2: like, but see, that's my childhood right there. Those were the movies right. I was watching right. non-stop. And I know,
1: I know, like people are like, but why would you put La Bamba with? And I'm like, you know what? It makes sense to me. Right, but I don't have an answer like for it. It's just because like. You want to know the truth? Why we do that? Honestly, because you all remember we used to tape how many movies onto one VHS. So this one particular, you know, that we had, it was Stand by Me and La Bamba. So I'm like, I I grew up on one right after the other. So I know every day, single
2: line of La Bamba. Like even right. that movie, when I was a little girl, I would cry my fucking eyes and out. And that
1: that that's a fantastic movie. I so, still cry like, my
2: eyes out for that one. I know, right? Like but, every time she goes, Richie. Yep. And they have got Sleepwalk playing that we were talking about right. pre-recording, and which plus, is a great fucking song. And,
1: and if, if I can talk about that real quick, just really quick, because I remember back, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember this. That was actually very similar to the whole, like, Selena controversy yes. when the movie came out because um, the, um, you know, like the, the Mexican community was really upset that they had cast a Filipino to play Richie Valens. And they were even more upset that a Puerto Rican was playing Bob. Yeah. And I think a Cuban or Colombian was playing Richie's mom. The only one that was actually a Mexican was Elizabeth Pena playing And Ruby. it's sort
2: of like the controversy with um, Memoirs of a Geisha. Because that's Chinese, but they cast all these Japanese actors.
1: Right, right. But like you know how Selena... The, and it was the big thing. When, when J-Lo got picked as to play Selena... Made her a star. It, right, but then everybody shut the fuck up when the movie came out and they were like, Oh my god, like I can't picture anybody else playing that. But right. like, back...
2: is Richie Balance to me.
1: Right. And then to get back to this real quick, so I actually had the um the opportunity and I and I took it last year for the thirty fifth anniversary for this film. I got to see it at on the big screen. They did a special one one night only screening. So my friend Selena and I, we went to the girls and this is her favorite movie of all time with reanimator she actually has a tattoo of river phoenix on her arm from this movie as chris chambers i would she loves him and every and ironic as i'll I'll tell the story and she won't even care we got into a bit of a a tiff just before the movie happened just before we're getting ready to walk into the theater okay like to the point like i didn't even want to sit next to her (laughs) it was like that bad but we sucked it (laughs) up and whatever so we're walking in and she's like you just want to go home and i'm like no we're already here but let's, let's just watch the movie. Half so then the, the movie play, at the end of it, she was crying because she cries every time at the end. And she's like, I love you, Biff. She's like, thank you for watching the movie with me. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm not mad anymore. Like, we're, we're good. Like, you know. But <laughs> that's like, like that. I, I think, but it also speaks to the power of the movie because like the, the big thing about the movie, it's friendship. It's, it's, um... It's also, you know, like like that path from adolescence into, you know what I mean. You're you're coming into your adulthood. Like the movie makes you face your own mortality. I always said too, like I always felt like it. Chapter one was legitimately Stand By Me, like a remake. Only it had a demonic killer clown in it. But yeah, but I really, can definitely see Stephen the similarities. King
2: writes mm-hmm. children so well. I but mean. Somebody... You know, as old as he is, he's never lost touch with that child. And he writes children better than anybody I've ever read.
1: Yes. Absolutely. I mean, and and look at the influences this movie has had on on pop culture since. I mean, the family family guy guy made fun of it, I was going to say. Yeah. (laughs) John Singleton was inspired after seeing Stand By Me to make Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood was, in essence, his Stand By Me. We were just
2: talking about that because
5: we just watched Boys in the Hood.
1: Stranger Things was also inspired by by Stand By Me. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the the legacy that has such
5: strong Stephen King. It really does. It out all of it. He wrote it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I think we've always said too, like it's like strange when it first came out because somebody was like, "Well, what's it like?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm like picture a a movie directed by Steven Spielberg, but written by by Stephen King, with John Carpenter doing the score, starring the Goonies." (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, stand, I mean, stand
5: I mean, by that's, me.
2: that's stranger yeah says. yeah yeah stand right. by me but spooky and a little slimy <laughs> <laughs> it, it felt it had a very
4: goony feel to it as well
3: yeah, yeah. Let, let's hear from you erica
2: yeah uh,
4: okay so i saw this uh i think on vhs when i was in my mid-teens and it I absolutely agree with everyone that this movie really hits you differently when you're an adult. Like when I was that age, I was more into the adventure part of it. Like, are they going to find this dead kid? Like the scene with the train was very memorable. Um, the, the leeches, the pie eating, you know, story <laughs> like that. Those were the things that I remember. But then watching it, it's like I had, you know, forgotten all of the or maybe it went over my head at the time. You know, like the deep relationship issues, the, the family dysfunction element. And um, I can I can see where Ivy's coming from with like some of the adult actors seem really either bad or just like caricatures. But maybe it is that that kid vision kind of thing, like how young how, how children and you know maybe teenagers perceive adults like particularly the um junkyard manager he is so over the top and act, like more childish than the actual children <laughs> I, I was think watching that,
2: that works because yeah. what he really <laughs> said was chopper sick him but what we heard was chopper sick balls balls yeah <laughs> right so right Huey, that <laughs> kid, like you said
4: so yeah yeah it could be like uh you yeah, know things you know that the portrayal of the adults might be kind of skewed because it is told from the boy's perspective but yeah i I was watching that scene it's like wow this guy is so over the top (laughs) um but yeah this is a movie like watching it now and um i mean yeah you you look back and you, you see how like some of your friendships kind of fade away or you outgrow each other and it's um um you know or, like, what, what happens at the end when he's saying what happened to his friends and, like, how some of them died. Like, that's just super sad. Um, I think this is, like, definitely Stephen King at his most sentimental and bittersweet.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I think that it, they handled uh, Chris's death in a way that, like, hurts you.
0: Because mm-hmm. he disappears,
2: too. You know, and talks about, like, you know, Chris always the one to keep peace, die young. Uh, which kind of mirrored River Phoenix's life, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, where was I going with this candy? Oh my God. I told you guys I was sick. I, I had a thought, and I, it's gone. So, never mind. You,
3: you've got poo Brain.
2: I do. Like Brenda, <laughs> I, did, I, did I do have
1: kinda, poo Brain. I just kind of piggyback off of something that you said earlier. I, I, you know, you and I are, are very similar in a lot of ways, but we also are bullheaded and have our own opinions on certain things. So, I, I, Gracefully disagree with something that you said earlier, where you said that every story out of the different seasons was, you know, well adapted into whatever. Well, I know how you feel That's, about the Green Mile. No, right. So for me, I I always said I think I think the the top three King adaptations ever are ironically, and I've always said it, and it's true.
2: Not are Not
1: the horror movies. It's Stand by Me, The Green Mile, and of course The Shawshank Redemption, which Shawshank is Redemption. fucking like, and, and it legitimately is. It's it's actually been accoladed as one of the greatest movies ever made, *The Shawshank Redemption*.
2: And I will and I will say mm-hmm. like I think an underrated gem that I urge people to see because it wasn't a huge release, is *Apt Pupil*. Oh
4: yeah.
2: Um, it's not as like hardcore as the book because Norman it would be hard to be that fucking intense. <laughs> no. But it does a great fucking job. They really got does. And also in too. There.
1: By the way, um, I and I, I meant to tell you this and I didn't want to jump in when you were saying it, but. Um, I did read not too long ago. I believe um, somebody is actually adapting the breathing method, so that actually I think is happening like now. Yeah. I don't know if it's happening as a movie or as a as a limited series. Because you know, I can't imagine. That I movie. literally
5: think about that book, all that that story, all the time.
2: I love all the time, movie. especially as a mom. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I'll sit here and I'll think, what if that happened
1: to me? <laughs> I yeah, because right. I would do
2: the same thing that she does you know mm-hmm. i would find a way mm-hmm. to make sure my baby made it's it in this fucking world but
1: i, I gotta yeah. admit though i think out of out of the four stories in that book and and i really think the shawshank redemption is the one that i i, I walk away from that book like wow like that and honestly even even as much as even adaptation wise they really didn't change too much on that one either. They didn't need to because I think they, out, they, out of they the made four, Red
2: uh, Morgan Freeman, which uh, you know, because he wasn't black right, and, right, and story, right. But I think that it was really important that he was, and they kind of you know why they call you Red? Well, because my hair's red, and which is yeah. it really is in the in, in the novella, but yeah, but like no, could you imagine any fucking body else playing Red?
1: No, no, not at all. It
5: wouldn't
2: mm-hmm. have worked. It's you needed Tim Robbins, and you needed Morgan
1: Freeman. Mm-hmm
5: because they had that bond they had like that that
1: on-screen chemistry, chemistry that, that has, just yeah. worked Like mm-hmm. you you believe that these two were like, yeah. legitimately best and friends you, even they embody
2: the characters when i read about andy Dufresne, because this is before the the film um because i read this really young um he's exactly how i pictured tim robbins was the perfect person plus he's a great fucking actor
1: and i, I don't think um I, and, you know, everybody just talks about, and, and I get it, because he's awesome in it, River Phoenix, River Phoenix. And he is great in this, because he was. He Phenomenal. Was, he, was a, he was a phenom as, as a kid. And, and then you're right, it does suck that he's gone. And Corey Feldman... And if you, you haven't know,
2: seen um, my movie, uh, My Own Private Idaho, you're missing out. Gus Van yeah. Sant movie. Fucking great. Keanu great. Reeves is a, it's just probably
1: one of his best performances. And Corey Feldman, obviously, at the time, was like the king of the world, because, I mean... I mean, I know like the joke is that Corey Feldman peaked when he was like 15. I I get that, but again, this was when he was like on top of the world. He was untouchable. This is when he was, but. I don't but think he was really either.
2: talented, though. He deserved it.
1: Right. And I know, like, and 2, like, now, like, everybody thinks it's funny now because it's such a joke that Jerry O'Connell, of all people, was the one that ended up with Rebecca Romaine. Yeah,
2: because in the, in the Family Guy parody, <laughs> they even they're, say like, that too. they're like, oh, the fat kid ended up marrying Rebecca Romaine and it goes to Peter, and he's like, I'm, I'm not joking. It's, you, it's you, really know what, you know what's funny real quick,
1: too? Because I had to point it out to, like, especially, like, my friend, I was like, yo, do you know who that is? And she's like, no. I'm like, remember Scream 2, the one that plays Derek? Sydney's boyfriend? And she's like, yeah, I'm like, that's him. And she was like, that little fat kid is, is oh, Derek up. From long Longbottomed. I was like, yeah, yep, yeah, that's yeah. him. That's Derek Can Scream, too. And then, you know, whatever. But I don't think Will Wheaton gets enough love. For oh, how he I, I, I fucking love him. He's a big crush. Chance. The whole and, reason
2: I went to see Toy Soldiers was uh, Sean. Well, one, that was a great fucking movie. Sorry. Yeah, I love Toy Soldiers. But, it, so, but I, yeah. have, I still have a crush on Will Wheaton. He's a geek. But I, I love, him. love he's the fact brilliant.
1: That, that he plays in, like an exaggerated version of himself on The Big Bang Theory. Yep, and, he does. And I, and I, and I, and I think that so that's funny. Great, it's he, great. He he doesn't get enough recognition for. Oh, he
2: checks all the fucking boxes for me. I always thought but, Will Wheaton was it. I mean, Sean and I have talked at length where I was like, I I watched Star Trek: the Next Generation for fucking
1: Will Wheaton. But I mean, to be when honest, I was a I mean, kid. it's great that they have such a. And I mean, realistically, the he's the he's the main character of the movie, and I don't I don't think with um you know because you kind of see like as the movie progresses, he goes from like this doe eyed kind of head in the clouds kind of kid to like this you know he he grows up over the course of of their journey to find the ray brower kid as as they put it yes. um you know and and i think he doesn't get enough credit for this at all he really doesn't and he does i think for me. he should i mean this right. this this was one of those like um like once in a lifetime casts in a, in a film I, I think you know you you definitely and i know your your thoughts on the lost boys whatever I don't hate it, actually. But, I really don't hate it. But, I and I'll stare at Kiefer don't Sutherland get her that movie, all No, I'll I'm stare at him all
2: day. He's fucking hot.
1: But no, but that's that's you know. Remember, and, and this I think this is this is part of like like the reason why the '80s is such a you know, quote unquote magical decade for for films because you got to figure like they age. they were finding all these these young talent at such an early age that would either go on to become legendary status or. You know, like cult icon status. I mean, the Lost Boys alone, like that fucking cast again with, with Stand By Me and the Goonies. You couldn't do that now. They no. they tried to. I'm do sorry, that. I
2: never was a big Corey Haim fan.
1: I I, I like them, and I love License to, drive. License, license to drive. drive. license to Drive. License oh, to shit. Drive. License to Drive. I only watch right.
2: because of Corey
5: Feldman. I had such a crush on Corey Haim because he was like adorable and had that little baby face, but also he was sassy and dumb.
2: I like the dumb ones. <laughs> pretty yeah I, I liked Corey feldman um and, and his portrayals and stuff because he was always kind of that wisecracking smart ass like as mouth like that's legendary right there happened, I plus he
1: was rocking the purple rain shirt so of course like we love that even more right, right? So... and i was like oh yeah um so if we're talking about the Coreys real quick um how many of us and i'm sure candy probably did I've actually seen <laughs> Dream a Little Dream and could admit that. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: I,
3: I will
2: admit that. Yes, I
3: think I have. Yeah, I think. I, I, Feldman.
2: Think so.
1: Jackson,
2: I watched 16. everything that Corey Feldman did for a long fucking time, including if this terrible. Don't watch it. Uh, because you know the original Rock and Roll High School had the. Oh my Rund, God. Which Listen, is okay. Can I, tell you, like, can I tell you? Rock and can Roll, Roll High School you... Forever is absolute yes. garbage, and I taped it and would watch it <laughs> religiously. Can I?
1: Can I tell you that I, I agree and I will this to this day still watch it. I fucking. It's it's one of it's so bad that it's great.
2: I know that's what I'm saying. I, I actually like it. One of my I recommend one of my favorite it. scenes it's in that horrible. movie
1: is the is the Mojo Nixon, uh, dream sequence as the spirit of rock and roll. <laughs> I fucking yeah. I don't care. I, I I like shitty movies sometimes. Like whatever. Well, I mean, I, I mean.
2: Well, that's true for all of us. We all have our right, yeah. dogs,
1: but like that was that one because it, it was on HBO like every other like every day. It was on that's HBO, that's where so so I like, saw it. And the first time we saw it, we're like, what What is this? Shit? Like, what, like, what what happened? <laughs> I was thinking, Bellman? like, I
2: love the Ramones so much. You guys know I'm big into punk, and yeah. the Ramones, you know, where that was the quintessential fucking punk rock movie, was right, and then PJ like, Souls
1: as, as Riff Randell. And then this came out, we were like, What the fuck is this? What, <laughs> yeah, and word? then.
2: But I mean, it's garbage, and I know it is. It's a dumpster fire that I will actually go and warm my hands on. I love it.
1: But you know what? But it knows that it is, and I think. Oh, it knows. It knows. It's very aware. And plus, wasn't isn't the one girl from Sixteen Candles in it too? Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I I don't know. God, now I got to revisit that. I'm going to torture Sean with with it. I'm with you. I it's a piece of shit, but I love that piece of shit. It's. Such I a love that piece movie. of
2: shit too. I watched it for Corey Feldman, and like I said, it was one of those days where you know you taped it and you watch that shit over
1: and over again. I can't even front like the fucking songs are kind of catchy as shit. And I, I mean they too. are, and
2: I like when they're trying to get their band on there and they're making all those like automated the calls.
1: Yeah, the, the <laughs> and, then and he's the doing his best Michael door.
2: Jackson <laughs> Prince thing that he still tries
1: to do this thing he shows up at cons like that now by the way
2: uh, he's 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 odd but i get it because once he came forward with uh all the things because you know we lost he, corey name yeah, they had yeah. that show the two quarries and w- his childhood was fucking tragic
1: he it was, was a child star was he fucked. was you could say it. it was fucked
2: it was really <laughs> fucked up and, yeah. and being molested and treated like that in a system that's supposed to protect you um it fucks you up i i know, I know. personally it will fuck your life up you get weird
1: I mean, we're not going to get into, like, the specifics of that because, like, a lot of that is hearsay and whatnot from who he was finger-pointing at, but...
2: Uh, I know that it happened. I believe it 100%.
1: You know, I know, I know some people that are fans of of Part 5 would probably be shocked. When I say Part 5, we all know Friday the 13th would Mm. be a little little shocked to know exactly who he was actually pointing the finger at from that movie. So, you know, I'm not going to say. People can go and look it up on Google. Yeah, it's on the web. You know, it's absolutely on the web, so... Uh, but although I, 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 I can't happened. say. I can't say, and I, I don't like to. I don't like to speak ill of the dead. But the person in question, I, I, I have um, friends that have verified that said person was trolling for for young men on social media back in the day. So that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. So you know.
2: But I believe it happened, and it happened to Corey Haim too. And look what happened to Corey Haim.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And it's so yeah. it made me so sad. I cried and cried about it. Even though, like, I just said he's not my favorite Corey. I like Corey Feldman, but that was actually
1: my, my sister's favorite Corey. Corey hand like she. Was, well, like, it was most people because
2: he was more traditionally good looking. But I loved the but attitude he... of Corey Feldman and how I thought he was a better actor.
1: So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some names out here for you from magazines, and you're gonna be like, holy shit, put more gray's on my hair. But she would always get sixteen by Tiger Beat. Tiger Beat Teen. teen oh yeah, the fuck teen beats, <laughs> I had Corey Feldman
2: from that in there. Yeah, on my wall. But um, fuck, yeah. yeah, River River too.
1: Right, right. Because that was that was around like the the you know, the teenage heart like New Kids on the Block. You know, we're just coming up mm-hmm. at that time. So I like them too. And I guess to kind of get back to this, I think um, one thing that I I feel like separates this movie from like at, at the time at the time from when it came out because this was you know so unheard of for a Stephen King film, the humor. In the movie, because it's actually really funny.
2: It is like, like the, the train. Scene. I like how he's like train. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> or when they're having the just dis- like okay, and like that. That's one thing too. So like everybody's like, they say it's a favorite, and, and I and I believe that that they they do agree that it is. A lot of the dialogue is really the shit that we would talk about as kids because oh, we yeah. didn't know any What's better. your favorite
2: color, uh, What's your favorite flavor of pets? If you had to live on one. Food your entire life, cherry flavored pez. I don't like. I feel that. I would say or that.
1: When now they're having the conversation about Mighty Mouse fighting Superman. And oh then... yeah,
2: not talking about <laughs> girls. Not talking about, you know. But then
1: he's like, he's like, what are you? He's like, what are you, an idiot? He's like, Mighty Mouse is a cartoon. Superman's a real dude. Like yeah. that's the mentality of a kid.
2: Yes, <laughs> actually, have very serious shit like that.
1: I gotta tell you though, real quick, one of the funniest scenes in this movie. I still to this day like piss my pants laughing is when they all take turns at night wa- during the watch and Vern
0: <laughs> yeah every Vern little noise, he's,
1: every little noise, he's like with the gun all over the place and like you don't even see him all you see is the gun come out as soon as like the owl hoots like my sister mm-hmm. like, and the movie's are insanely quotable too because like yes. to this day Whenever something weird happens, my sister and I'll be like, "Oh Jesus, it's a goocher. Uh.
0: Like, like we'll, we'll
1: say shit like that because, like, th- that's how much of an impact this movie has on us. And I mean, for how long as kids did we, you know, you know? I don't, I don't. What is it? I don't shut up. I grow up. When I look at you, I throw up.
2: Yeah, and your mother goes around. God, I said and that shit. That was yeah, goes like, around that when I was in grade school and you know whatever. <laughs>
1: Oh, whenever somebody says, like, i like, oh, like, try to be funny, like, oh, you piece of shit. And I'm like, yeah, well, the piece of shit has a thousand eyes. <laughs> so, you know.
2: Chopper sick balls.
1: Chopper sick balls, yeah. <laughs> whenever I see a dog, I'm like, oh, chopper sick balls, there we go. Because I've
2: never had a dog, and I'm kind of a little, I, I support dogs, and I love them, but I don't want one. And so when I see a dog, I'm like,
1: chopper sick balls. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. See, Stephen King has the market on, like, everything. I mean, even, even like, a dog acting crazy, like, all right, Cujo, chill.
2: Right. Um, Sean, Dad, you got something to say?
3: Yeah, I um, I kind of want to pose wanted to pose a question. Um, seeing that the men are outnumbered by the women tonight, uh, as I was digging for um, ammunition for Sean's shitty reviews, <laughs> I have to pour through all of these reviews, and one of the reviews said, "This is not just a guy's movie." Yeah. and it struck me as odd when I saw that because I've never considered this just a guy's movie just you know just because it's about boys um but i I mean judging from what all of you have said like I can attest that all of you relate to this film
0: mm-hmm.
3: right yeah. so I mean it's yeah it kind of struck me lady. as odd kind of struck me as odd when I saw that but th- I see myself in this film I see my friends in this film i was already and that's what that's what struck me about this. Um, I can't remember when I how old I was when I first saw this, but this was on HBO quite a bit when I was growing up, and so I'm I'm guessing that's when when I saw it. Uh, but yeah, it's like it didn't touch me as much then as it does now, and you know it's that it's that hindsight, it's that that retrospective of looking back at my life and all of the stupid idiotic shit we did you know and it's all about the choices that you made and you know the consequences that come with them the repercussions i wouldn't be who i am without the decisions i made the good and the bad you know and i made some really bad fucking decisions when i was a kid you know but it's those little conversations they had like like you were talking about um you know um biggest one in four counties you know i mean yeah. we were we were we were fucking around and joking about that skating around town you know we were doing dumb shit um mm-hmm. but looking looking up you know some of the trivia behind this i the thing that struck me is that they were doing the same dumb shit off screen as they were doing Because we were
2: actually the right age. It wasn't like we were kids playing younger.
3: And so like there was this story where they they went out and they put mud all over Kiefer Sutherland's car.
2: Didn't realize it was his car. And they
3: didn't know it was his car. And he Um, was young too. Yeah. And they were they were like, you know, just horsing around, being kids, throwing pool furniture in the pool, and you know, I mean, which one of us didn't fuck around and do some dumb shit like that? You know, egg houses, toilet papering. You know, Anything. stealing kids' candy and fucking Halloween.
2: I never did that. that makes- I w- I was the chaotic or, or the lawful good of Gordy. Yeah. I was always the conscience of the group.
3: But what but what gets me about that is now that I'm older, now that I'm a parent, um, I see that shit, and I'm like, it it feels different. You know what I'm saying? Like like all the things that I did. And I thought, man, my mom's dumb. She's stupid. She doesn't <laughs> oh, yeah. understand. And now I'm the parent and I'm like, oh, I fucking get it now.
2: Yeah. I've called my mom's hu- and I'm like, Mom, I'm so sorry.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. And, you know, so I mean this the movie is just it's funny, but it's touching. Um it's just it's probably one of one of the best coming of age movies I've ever seen.
1: Hands down. And
3: mm-hmm. and it just you know, and it's not very long. 88-minute yeah. runtime, you know, so it's not a very long movie.
2: But it feels uh, like the whole weekend.
3: Right. You know? Like you feel it. And you
2: it. don't mind it.
3: Yeah, you feel it. And it's it, it's so great. Um, And we got to share it with, with our son. And, you know, maybe he didn't quite get it like we get it now. But who knows, maybe 20, 30 years from now he'll go back and rewatch it and get that same feeling that we did.
2: Like Nan, same thing. You yeah, know, but she's at the age; she's in her twenties, and she's starting to get a little bit.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you hmm. get, once you you go from being, you know, a boy or a girl to a man or a woman, and you make that that transition, and you have to. And you're deal, in such a
2: rush to get there.
3: You have to deal with all of mm-hmm. the responsibilities. You have to deal with all of the bills. You know, there was a conversation we had a long time ago. Um, Veronica's twenty one. She came to us when she was fifteen, and she said, "I want to get a job," and we told her, "We're like, you know what? You don't have to. You can, you can wait." And she's like, "No, I really want to get a job. She wanted her own money. I get it. I totally understand." But we explained to her, like, once you start working, you never, you will never stop. And so, I'm
2: disabled like me.
3: So take advantage, and I work really hard
2: on this fucking show. So I take advantage to
3: that of job. that freedom. Take another year. Enjoy your life don't rush to grow up you know and And I think
2: with her now is I'm like honey when I was your age I had a one year old (laughs) and she doesn't she can't even grasp that I'm like no that's how fucking adult I was at your age take your time yeah
1: one thing I wanted to just bring up quick because somebody brought up Kiefer and while he is fantastic in the movie and he is um, I, I actually prefer him, obviously, a little more a year later as David in The Lost Boys.
2: He really could do no wrong at that point. But
1: time. that being said, I have, I have to admit, <laughs> and it's not even his fault. This is because of the way he was trained as an actor. <coughs> He's probably the most well-spoken and articulate thug I think in any I think that makes him
2: scarier.
1: He plays a great scumbag.
2: Yeah, he, like yeah. you believe him. He's like without raising his voice even, he's threatening and frightening. He's right. a but like
1: okay, so the rest of like like the the little gang over there, the little gang of, of dime store hoods there. Like um. eyeball
2: <laughs> which is crazy right, right. and all that.
1: Who, by the way, everybody that doesn't know, there's another thing that ties in. Eyeball is um, also Philip in Nightmare on Elm Street 3, the Dream Warriors, with the infamous puppet and vein scene. Yeah, so There's uh-huh. your other connection yep. besides the Lost Boys. And I pointed Steven that King. out when we were watching it. And and I said it before, Jerry O'Connell was Scream 2, and Corey Feldman and mm-hmm. pretty much anything he's ever been in. So there you go. So, you know,
2: um,
5: that just makes him ex- scary. Well. Because he's intentionally going for these stories People he knows he can manipulate,
1: and he That's does. True. That's true. And we
5: watched him do it.
2: Smarter than the rest
5: but, of them, and but he can the rest of
1: them. The rest of them sound like they're from like South Jersey,
5: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> with their yo. Let me let me ask you this real quick. But meanwhile, I mean, right you know,
5: now like, I sound like I'm from South Jersey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but <laughs> he's like, let me, allow me to give you the opportunity, and like he pronunciates like every little. So I think like I like, think it makes a, them scarier. Right, it does. I'm but like I'm it. just saying it's just it's just funny how like the rest of them have such poor grammar and pronunciation and meanwhile here he is like very articulate, very almost like more educated than the rest of them.
2: Really. You know and I mean? and I like to talk about uh because Needful Things, the movie was garbage. Don't ever yeah. fucking watch it. You will waste I your life. But the
4: book, but the book
2: I read all the time. Cause it's I even, love
4: the book. I'm even, right there with you. He calls
2: it his black comedy uh, about good versus evil. And it really is a comedy, but it's also dark as hell. And Ace Merrill Returns. And oh, Spoiler alert. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, not the in yet. the film. Not in the God. film. Don't watch the fucking film. Andy we... he just
3: told you he hadn't read the book, and you're gonna fucking drop some spoilers on
2: it I just said Ace <laughs> Merrill's fucking in it. I'm sorry. I read the book's been out forever.
3: Nico, I'm sorry. everybody dies in the end.
1: Okay, well there we go. It's not true. That's not. True. <laughs> you just send me a reading. How long is it? Like seven hundred pages. I'm good now, I guess. It, it, it's a it's a really good book. It's yeah, it under- really is.
2: <laughs> I reread it all the time, but it, the movie soured a lot of people. But I yeah. it's probably one of my most rereadable Stephen King books because it's like a, such a joy. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: Wasn't I'm- wasn't Ed Harris in that? In the movie, in the movie? Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. No. Oh, see, but see, also again, he ties back in with King because he was um. And creep show with the with the awesome dance. <laughs> that, that, that disco oh God! Dance that like
3: him and Crispin <laughs> Glover say? with their dancing, man. Jesus!
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember
2: we did our creep show thing where just
1: yeah when we did
2: our creep show yeah, yeah. double feature, we were talking about who has the better dance.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which can I just say real quick too? How and cool Erica can do
2: the Crispin Glover dance. I can't. Oh, how,
1: yeah. <laughs> how how cool is it by the way that Ed Harris actually showed up to do the, uh the uh, Just Desserts documentary? Like none of the rest of them can be bothered. But Ed Harris made sure that he showed up for that because he's such a professional. He's it, a badass. He like, but but still, like he didn't have to come for that because he, I mean he's like big time at, at this point. Oh he God, legend. He didn't legend. need to be there, and he still showed up to to promote that because he's proud of the fact that it was one of his early jobs. They they took a chance with him, and Romero really gave him a shot. So yeah, Romero was good
2: know. at that.
1: I'm trying to think. There's any more horror connections? Yes, because Gordy and Denny's mom is um francis lee mccain and she was the mom in gremlin she's billy Pelcher's mom in gremlins and she's also lorraine's mom in back to the future
2: yeah she's she was that 80s mom
1: and ivy's favorite actor in the entire movie marshall bell who plays and he was in total recall with with coado coming out of his stomach so there's more of it that's, so right. I'll, that's I'll, right i'll figure this all out don't worry. Um, and then Casey Shamosko, who was one of the gang, he was um, in one of my favorite '80s <coughs> cult movies that really I, I think it needs to be more loved. Is Three O'clock High? Ah, as Jerry Mitchell when he fights Buddy Ravel, because that movie. Yeah, you're not even, you know you know I'm talking about. Yeah, um, I do. Well, and his little blonde friend is Dave from. Summer School with that's right. Chainsaw. Yep. That's
3: right. I saw that, yeah.
2: Of Chainsaw.
1: So, of I love I that. Think that's another...
3: Dude, I'm telling you, Summer School, that's another movie I've watched the shit out of when dude, I was a kid. Dude,
1: I fucking love Summer School. Chainsaw Summer School. and Dave. And I think, I think every horror fan... I, I, I mean, I'm actually more shocked when horror fans haven't seen it. And I'm like, really? I'm like, they're like, yeah, it looks stupid. I'm like, you need to watch it because... Buddy, we we are Dave and Chainsaw. That's yeah, right. <laughs> horror, the
2: horror community, we are Dave and Chainsaw. Yeah, we are yeah. Dave and
1: Chainsaw. I mean, Dave and Chainsaw are fucking great. I think yeah. that that could also be a, an episode unto itself at Summer School. Oh yeah. Oh, that'd yeah, be we just, that. Yeah, we've talked about just for around. that scene alone.
4: <laughs> yeah. I'm not
1: going to get into it now, but that that scene alone signifies a horror business one, because yeah, you're all smiling now because you know, <laughs> you know what scene I'm talking about. Um, but yeah. I um, just Kiefer is just a great actor period, you're right he's the entire
2: know. reason, now we are going to do Last Boys this season, spoiler alert for our listeners, I mean honestly, it's, it's been just like the, one of the calm. most requested, right?
3: Candy's going to be sick that episode
2: no, I am not, <laughs> and we, we we went on Halloween at the drive-in and we saw we I, I stayed for Last Boys and I said I actually, everything's I hate this movie and I don't, it's just not my kind of vampires, although the reason I watch it is because the vampires are smoking hot you had Alex Winter as Marco. You had Kiefer Sutherland in that movie. Even with that fucking mullet, I could look at him all fucking day. <laughs> I know, just I just okay. could. I could just be like, oh.
1: Because it does tie in with this. I mean, and, and I know because, I mean, even Ivy and I have had conversations in the work with people who, who were shocked I have not seen The Lost boy Because the one, I'm not going to name names because I, you and I have talked privately about it. There's somebody that we work with who's higher up than me. <laughs> and um i mentioned the lost boys and this person's exact response was oh is this something for peter van what? Like, what? <laughs> we we thought they were joking everybody was like what? oh ha ha really funny and the response was no seriously what's the lost boys wow
2: <laughs> i like the genius of that and we'll touch more on that when we do talk Lost boys which will be later on this season but that's i love that concept um I don't understand everybody's obsession with the guy with the saxophone. Like, they were rocking out and oh, he I'm the like, the saxophone yeah, guy was not rocking epitome
3: out. Epitome of 80s. He, he was, was the 80s. Uh, he was the 80s old. He,
2: but, like,
5: they were headbanging to Grease saxophone stuff. music. That's yeah. not a well, thing. Well, I mean, did you see him, though? I would be headbanging to that, too. I don't that know. Was, I don't get. I don't go for those muscly, like
2: glistening guys. <laughs> I like them dark and moody and vampiric, like like David and Lost Boys is my. Well, I know, I know we're going to talk about it because
1: I know this and it's going to be it's going to be such a hot topic later when we get to that episode and, and I'm going to start it now. So oh,
2: I, I've got some hot takes.
1: So that so that people can kind of let this brew until the episode comes out. But I mean, it my my much, secret
2: is pretty known though.
1: It 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 pretty much is, and I and I and I see this. You know what? And I'm going based on what I see on social media for this too. I mean, it's it's widely considered the the greatest vampire movie. Get ever the fuck made. out of here with that. It really is, no and I no. honestly you struck a nerve. I can't, I can't, dis- uh-uh. I can't disagree with it. It is. No,
2: it's it's I the, the vampire lore doesn't make any fucking sense. Okay,
1: we're gonna talk about that later. I'm, I just yeah. wanted to get the ball. See,
2: give me Interview with vampires, with the Bella fucking Lugosi. I want gothic ass vampires.
3: I'll tell you what, Nico. We're gonna. Before the episode comes, before we do Lost Boys, we'll put up a poll. Oh,
2: is, I already is know, these this, polls. Is I know this. Is this the happen.
3: greatest vampire movie? <laughs> and ever? you know,
2: everybody's gonna say yes, and it's just gonna piss me off. Why do you want to piss me off? Why do you enjoy this? Well, I
1: mean, like, but watching but also, me get to be worked fair, up, listen, like wound and it, up. And it listen, and it does tie in with this, with Stand By Me, and you know, obviously with the fact that the keeper for the link, you know, connection. A lot of it has to do with him. I feel like, not number one, and and number two. I mean, it's it's one of those, like, lightning-in-a-bottle, you know, just motion pictures at the time. Because, I mean, honestly, it's a film that wasn't supposed to exist the way that it was. Right. And we got that, and it's pure magic, that film. I mean, it's my sister's favorite movie of all time. It's I mean, a lot of people.
2: It. Like I said, when mm-hmm. I, I was asking people on um, our Twitter and our um, on my Instagram, they are like, it's my favorite movie. It's, okay, it's so, like literally my favorite know, movie.
1: You know how we always talk about our parents were cool, letting us watch all oh, like like Stand by Me. Okay, so yeah, my mom worked to the
2: video store. She brought that shit home. Was like, all right, I love Steven so King. Let's talk my, and watch my this. My sister
1: was like really young and had no business watching any of these movies. So I was the cool older brother. That was me her, with my brothers, showing her these movies. And I mean, I, and I could tell you like they always tell you like you don't remember your first. That's bullshit because since she was one, she's been watching the Lost Boys and this film, and she loves both. But the Lost Boys is just something. I think. I think it's Kiefer really that that does it for her, and I think
2: Kiefer is the only draw for me.
1: And you know what? Too honestly, and like I, I'll admit, because I'm secure. Jason he, Patrick's he's... glasses
2: are crooked the entire movie, and I I can't I can't.
1: So I I actually that's um, the horror. I've actually um, well I'll admit Kiefer is a very handsome man, and he actually aged very well. Mm-hmm. He really did. Well, look. So did his that. dad.
2: His dad's fucking hot. From the, you know, yeah. did a lot of horror oh, in the yeah. 70s. Donald Sutherland, like, like if you haven't seen Ordinary People, go watch fucking Ordinary People since we're not talking necessarily horror tonight. Ordinary People, I just showed it to Sean because uh, Ari Aster said it was his inspiration for Hereditary. <laughs> nice. And I said, You haven't seen Ordinary People? I'm like, You won all these Academy kind Awards, of and Donald Sutherland is a dad. Like, at the end, where they're him and Timothy Hutton are like fucking crying I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs>
1: And, oh and if I can make a recommendation for a key movie that, since it's not, since we're not doing horror right now with this, it's I, honestly, I, and it was like a blind watch when it when it came out on HBO, and I, it's honestly one of my favorite movies from the '90s, and it doesn't get a time to kill.
2: I love a time to kill.
1: He is I love fantastic, and, it's, and he and he plays like what it, he, you know, I, I I'm not a fan of like the. But that just goes uh, to to his credit as an actor because he he you know he embodies like that piece of shit so well, and, he, and we all know he's not yeah. in real life. No, but I mean he he does play he's a racist, humor.
0: He's you know, a good guy.
1: Klansman in the film, and you know, and the movie's mm-hmm. about racial tensions and and a lot more than that that I won't get into. But I mean, God, it's so abso- good. But yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely seek it out. The keeper's fantastic, and it's one of, I think it was like Matthew he's like first like big.
2: It was his start, big starring role, man, and Sandra Bullock counting. was was like one of the you know just now coming up from speed.
1: And of course, the man himself, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Um, we're also not going to count the fact that Texas Chainsaw: The Next Generation was actually his first. We're not; that doesn't exist. For <laughs>
2: well, them. we don't talk about that, although <laughs> no, it but... does have its audience. People fucking love that movie. I know, and I'm like, why? I,
1: I like to I like to pretend that that doesn't exist and that like me and Pretty versus
2: Jason. <laughs> It's like, it's not real.
1: It's It's not a real movie. It exists.
2: It does not. It does too. (laughs) No.
1: I got what I paid for.
2: I did not. I was so fucking angry. It was the one time in my life I almost demanded my fucking money back. Not me. Me and my buddy Adam. We were like, what the fuck? No. I was going to go
1: watch it again right after. I was like, shit, that was fun as shit.
2: (laughs) Oh, no, it was not funny. It was terrible. (laughs) Okay, I can't. I can't.
1: That (laughs) is a movie we don't talk
2: about on here, and I brought it up. I'm sorry.
1: Anyway. So, anyway, is it is it that time or not? I think
3: it's that time, guys.
2: Okay. Hi.
1: You guys ready for this? Because I can't. I don't. I know. I mean, did
0: anybody else
3: have a that almost sounded like the Mortal Kombat?
1: Shitty reviews. Shitting on I be shitting on haters
4: haters
3: so so I I didn't grab a whole lot I wasn't sure how many people we were gonna have on tonight so I just kind of I went light um, but I do have a longer one that's really fucking good and it does talk about um, our man Will Wheaton on Star Trek so um, I'll save that one for last
2: a whole reason I watch Next Generation right? For him?
3: our first one um, these are all one star uh, our first one comes from Forrest Morgs. he says I don't understand people are delusional this was one of the worst movies I've ever seen it starts off not bad looks like it can go somewhere and I'll save you the two hours it doesn't <laughs> it has it has a sense of humor for a 5-year-old not funny to anyone semi-mature pretty much nothing happens and nothing gets accomplished
2: Oh my god what sad life do they <laughs> fucking live no. they, What movie did get they them watch They're right the fucking yeah. feeling Were they lied to cuz that what I, or they yeah, have, they're so. a sociopath with no fucking emotions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's I, mean, I, I, mean, I don't with know, what is with scary. total, With that total chick-handled name on there, I mean, I, I can yeah. see why. You know, he's probably uh, radiating BD Probably drowning why.
2: in pussy.
3: Our next, one comes from, uh, <laughs> our next one comes from Redazzle. He says, way too overrated. It's hard to put into words how much I honestly despise this film. It wasn't funny. It wasn't touching. It didn't show any coming of age at all. It didn't show much bonding. And don't even get me started on that ending.
2: What? Well, yeah. we were there watching. Yeah. They I, right? I told you <laughs>
3: Shitty Reviews. Shitty I think reviews. They, they That's they why fucked we do up this. with some
2: this. That's why we do this. It can't be right.
3: All right. So here you we have go. To this
5: watch is the movie to do the review.
3: So here we go. <laughs> this is this is the the last one that I have. Um kinda long. Um so just hold your responses until the end um this is from um cleveland derrick he says don't waste your time pales in comparison to sliders is everybody familiar with sliders do you know what sliders Um, are sliders Jerry yes. O'Connell
2: was in Okay, it. good,
1: good. I, I needed I needed to know because he so references that. Do you remember Jerry that. O'Connell being it a, us? It a, for, yes. for, 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 for the uninitiated, it's, it's a Fox series that got canceled, and it's a cult uh, right. show, I think, yeah. now. Yeah, okay, I, I f- just wanted to make sure because just he like, references it quite a bit. Just okay. like their beloved
3: Firefly, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, so he says, Jerry O'Connell has done some pretty good projects. Sliders season one, season three of Sliders, season two, <laughs> but earlier in his career, he also made a few missteps. Case in point, this average at best movie that gets tons of attention, Stand by Me. Not sure what people see in this film. It's all a bunch of white guys running around trying to find a dead body of some other white guy. Spoiler alert. Sure there are some okay actors in this like Q Ball and Kiefer Sutherland. And that other kid, what's his name? The kid who stunk on Star Trek? Daniel Stern is in this too. And that guy's that guy's a cut up. He once took a BM at a pool party I threw. Anyway.
2: Anyway, people don't shit or something, I don't know.
3: Anyway, there's no real actors in this for Q Man to play off of. No Rembrandt Browns. It's also very disappointing that at no time in the entire overlong two and a half hours of this film what fucking film did he watch?
2: That was not this one, clearly.
3: Did any kind of vortex to another dimension open? No interdimensional travel at all. No musical numbers, no Cro-Mags, no Wade. This movie is a real boring waste of time. Check out Sliders Season 5 instead.
2: We know what he jerked off to then. Clearly. How much he talked about it, I believe that. Yeah, he's probably like watching it, like fucking, like going to town on himself, like ah, oh, bro. Daniel I Stern. I he jerk off to the people. It's just the vortex.
3: Daniel Stern took a BM at a pool party. He threw.
2: <laughs> I mean, did he be in the pool, or just he went in his bathroom and shit?
3: I'm 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 gonna say in the pool.
2: That's funny. That's funny though. I mean, yeah. you'd have to clean your pool, but it would be hilarious. Yeah. I would fucking laugh. And I'm 42.
1: I'd fucking laugh. You got a
3: Snickers bar floating in the pool,
1: baby Ruth. Like Chuck, Chuck saying, the "Fucking Michael Jackson went to his house to use the bathroom."
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, oh my god. No, like he didn't, yeah. but the his sister did. Danielson's not fucking stand by me. Oh man. Yeah, those those were. I, I don't think I have laughed that hard in the past week since I saw Preston show his pants in Jackass Forever. Yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> my
3: god.
2: God, we laughed so hard, uh, dude. But I'm that's also you, like I'm that
4: twelve-year-old humor.
3: The the have Erica and Ivy, have you guys seen
4: Jackass Forever? No. no one? Don't know that I have. If I did, I repressed the memory immediately.
2: I'm in love with Johnny Knoxville. I have been for a very long time, like twenty years. I'm in love with him. I would fucking there marry is, him.
3: There is a scene in that.
2: He would be a sister
3: wife. Nico, you'll know what I'm talking about. There's a scene in that where the dude flattens his penis oh, so <laughs> flat.
2: It's Chris Pontius.
3: Yeah, and I'm like boy. I'm looking at that thing. I'm like, there is no fucking way.
2: And they're playing paddle ball with it.
3: No fucking way. No. like I like I I, I don't when I, when
2: penis and it looked painful.
3: When they showed it from the top, how flat it was, I thought for sure like that that thing would expl like burst.
2: I, I don't know how PNS <laughs> Like there's is, no way. Like feel or whatever. But it just looked painful.
3: It looked pa- it was like paper thin.
2: But they're always doing shit to his dick though. This dude's fifty, and he he. I you know what you know what my my draw to Johnny Knoxville is? I love the way he laughs.
3: Yeah, his laugh.
2: That yeah. really awkward laugh. I'm like I, I would smile. marry that guy. I love funny guys. Obviously, I married one. I'm like he would be your sister. If there're not too many guys, I would be like I would marry him. I would marry this man. I would yeah. commit my life, and I felt that way since I was like twenty. He, and Jackass came
1: out. He, he looks like Jamie Lee Curtis now, too. He does.
2: I love him. He is Silver <laughs> Fox. He's hot. I'm digging it.
1: He's got. I like his style. You know what I'm saying? Like and those
2: every time he's, pants he seems like, cause cause like he's this a a cool guy. Dude. Yeah. And he's he's a good looking guy in his own way. I mean, he's not conventionally, but he's so funny and he laugh The way he laughs, it just my heart melts.
1: No, yeah. I'll see myself out. Thanks.
2: Well, I told you, he could be your sister-wife. I, mean, I, oh I, I need I mean, to have God, him. God
1: forbid, you're like the uh, conglomerate of a gigantic fucking horror production company. Man, I
3: wish. I
1: fucking wish.
2: Yeah, that's why we're so rich.
3: Because like you, <laughs> I have to get up early in the morning to go to fucking work, too. And by, and by I have to work, get up early means, to work for to almost free.
2: Because I spend my first three hours of the day answering emails, keeping up on social media, answering DMs making uh the schedule like yeah that's my job
1: no see ibc sean sean says go to work it means i mean he's going to the set to go watch james would courtney pretend to kill people with a mask mascot nah. and, and <laughs> Curtis, like,
3: wouldn't that be the life that would be the fucking
1: life 80s. dude I, imagine... I would wheel my
2: crippled ass there and be like hey i'm hanging out <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: so wow
1: yeah. dude thank you for that because I, I needed that laugh well <laughs> good i'm glad I'm here for you. I
2: knew we would end up laughing, but that's why I started with the heavy stuff. I didn't think I'd last the whole episode, but but you I did. did.
1: My no, head you know what's funny too is like when enough. I walk on like train tracks or something like or anytime I ever had to, I, I always picture myself as like them walking on the train tracks. <laughs> and even <then> like <laughs> go and like touch the wheel just to see if it's ever like you know. See,
3: and, and I and I thought know. about it a lot when I was a kid because we have here, uh, where the town we well, live at, train Brownsburg,
2: around here in Indy. Oh, we
3: we moved here when I was. 12 turning 13 so I started I remember
2: when you moved here out here I started
3: junior high here and in the park there's a train tracks and there's a big trestle there yep. and we found a way that you can go underneath it and you can climb across underneath it and so we would that's where we would go and get high is <laughs> going underneath <laughs> the train tracks and, and smoke out and we, we, we would spend
2: train tracks
3: we would spend all day just Remember the Haunted out. Bridge in Avon? That's yeah, where we I would do. get high. We, we would spend all day hanging out under these train tracks. There's a creek underneath us, and it was, like, maybe 30, 35 feet above this creek. And it was – I've got height issues. You know, I'm, I'm scared of heights. But it was, like, when I was there and I was getting high and I was with my friends, like, none of that mattered. Right. You know, and we would shoot the shit and just do our thing, you know. And that's – looking back now, like, those were – some of the best times in my life
2: it's like that whole what i my quote you know you never have friends like yeah you did oh 12. yeah well jesus does anybody no yeah. because your friends were your entire life at that time before you started getting boyfriends girlfriends dating you know interested in your career with me i was very scholastic so i focused on school and i was engaged at 17 but
1: well i mean you know, at first, he, they were reenacting Stand By Me as kids, and then they would get high, right, Sean? And then you guys were reenacting Lost Wars, like, hanging off, like, the trust. Yeah. Stuff, like, yeah. let go. Be one of us. Yeah, you know, Halloween,
2: when we started the drive-in, I was like, oh, fuck no. I, lo- I want to be a vampire, but I was like, no. I would yeah. not do that. I'd be like, I'll just be a vampire over there.
1: No. <laughs>
2: be, like, brooding in my castle or something. No. No. I, it's funny,
1: too, I because were, I... They were the cool vampires. I've always thought they were, like, very... Yeah. We cooler
2: than there. Dracula?
1: No. Yeah. What, what's cooler than... Cooler People than Lestat? What a, what a cool no. One? Yeah, way cooler than Lestat. Lestat's
2: a Uh-uh, David. Lestat's a shit, Yo, dude. Yo,
1: David could <laughs> kick the shit out of Lestat without even fucking breaking Uh-uh, his
2: uh-uh, no, yeah. sir. You have not... You're Actually, not you are clearly not know up what? on your Lestat lore. You know what? You're clearly not up um, on it. I don't
1: know, man. Um, David got his ass kicked kick by some teenagers, so...
2: Yeah. Like, suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood.
1: By the way, Eric Northman could kick the shit out of fucking... What's that? Uh,
3: uh, Alexander Skarsgård could kick my ass any day of the week. I'm he sorry. Ha- he,
2: has, he has a boner for him.
3: <laughs> when Northman comes out, mm. oh, he's, he's
2: too <laughs> pretty for me because I don't like super pretty guys. But like watching True Blood, I was like, damn, I'll look at that shit. He's a he's thousand hot. years old. Yeah, he always says that I'm like, over a thousand years old, and that's the joke. Every time I see him, I'm like, he's over a thousand years old because <laughs> on True Blood, he says that every fucking episode. Yeah. I'm like we get it, we know, Eric. We get it.
3: Alright, <laughs> right, you guys want to do reviews?
1: Yeah. Um,
2: sure. sure. Okay, uh, I usually go first, so why stop now? Um, I had to give this 10 out of 10 cherry-flavored Pez. This movie is one of those movies... Um, and, and I think the 80s were pretty good about this on, on, a, on a lot of movies. Not all of them aged well, but this one did... Um, La Mamba did. Um, Labyrinth is still one of my favorite. Uh, ne- never ending story even. Like, dude. And, um, you know, the, the films that I mentioned earlier on, um, it's one of those that was timeless. And it was like, it meant a lot to me as a kid. When I saw it, I was seven. And uh, the older that I get, the more that it means to me. Um, and clearly, you know, um, I'm able to draw some comparisons I wish I couldn't draw. Um, like I said in the beginning, um, but every child actor in this, and you, and you know that child actors, you know, they're not always great, but like every single one of them, Will Wheaton, like I said, the whole reason I went to see Toy Soldiers with, uh, Erica's man in it, um, <laughs> he was, he was one of the big bads, but I went to see it because of Will Wheaton. I was in love with him, and I let, I watched the, uh, the next generation of Star Trek, even though I'm, uh. Devoted fan to the original series. I was like, no, but Will Wheaton's in it. And then I had a thing for <laughs> Feldman. I, and, but they were, it's not just that they were cute to me and they stayed cute mm-hmm. to me in my teens. And, and, and even now, like I, 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 I still really find them attractive, but it's like and river Phoenix. God, he was, he was literally a God. I, I, I was so glad when Joaquin finally won his well-deserved Oscar. And he talked about his brother because River was on his way to becoming, like, Brad Pitt, you know, but more because he had, he. I'm sorry, Brad Pitt's a great actor, but like River Phoenix was an actor, you know, like if you watch uh, The fan Menace, like I said, uh, My Own Private Idaho, that's a fucking great movie, and it, it was one of the later films that he did. And Keanu Reeves, who we all know isn't the best actor, he gives a great performance. But that's a side note. Um. But yeah, the older that I get, the more that this means to me and sharing it with my children and, and, you know, seeing that they're reacting the same way I did when I was younger, when I didn't know. And, And it's like that race... That the, the stopping to the smell the roses and talk about, you know, Cherry Pez being the food that you would live on forever or, you know, Mighty Mouse versus Superman. Like that shit was serious talk. That was what you spent hours talking about. And this is before you're doing drugs or dating people or, you know, caring about sex too much, you know, like you, you weren't really there yet. And it, it's such a beautiful and, and it's just like one of those things you want to, re- you try to recapture it in different ways throughout your life. Um, those moments, that time. And now, you know, as I've gotten older, you know, I'm not that kid. I'm not that person. But And I have other friends. Like, you know, I could say I have several best friends for different reasons. Like, you know, a lot of people have like a work best friend and a, you know, um, this best friend and whatever. You know, you have more than one, but back then it was just like you would die for those fuckers. You know what I mean? It's different. It's not making a day. Oh, I'm free on Thursday. Next week we can go out for drinks. Um, It's every fucking day, all the time with your friends and, you know, who wouldn't trade their fucking right arm for one day that, and just with the wisdom and just enjoy that day knowing that that's the end. That's your goodbye. And, and I love, you know, the, the denouement of this, this film and, and, and the story itself in different seasons with the way that everything they go through and they're so close and they do this bonding thing, they're going to see a dead body, but you kind of forget that along the way. And then after they do, it's just like with Teddy and Brenner, it's like seeing school. And you know, you have that moment with Gordy and Chris and you know, what's different. And then that ending though, you know, you're just like, no, he did it, you know, and like, and um, when I, we didn't talk about, and I meant to bring up, was the the part where uh, River Phoenix's Chris breaks down with with Gordy because you know they they have that meaningful relationship that they didn't quite have with Teddy and Burn, and he's like I did steal the milk money and you know he's he's crying and you're like your fucking heart goes out to him because he's like I'm not like my brother and I'm not like these hoods and you know that's what Burn and Teddy are gonna be which they were they ended up being you know, uneducated hurt, you know like the, these dumbasses who uh, spoiler alert for the novella, uh, they die in stupid ways, which is predictable because they're not bright. But Chris is bright. and But Rob Reiner, um, who did name his uh, production company Castle Rock, because the story takes place in It's one of uh, King's stories in Castle Rock, which he had many. He, he said that River Phoenix, you know, he knew he'd get a better performance out of him. So he made him think about, what was a time in your life? That a, an adult really really let you down and he cried so hard and Was so worked up about it that Rob Reiner had to comfort him and, and get him to stop crying after the scene was over And that's the scene that um, that's the cut that's in the movie and it's really there. I mean he really You're a hundred percent there, you know, because when you think about that And if you know anything about the Phoenix's past life, uh, like when they were younger they grew up in a cult and That's why they all have those hippy-dippy names yeah. Joaquin changed his from Leaf. Um, and there's Summer, Phoenix, who was a little cameo in uh, SLC Punk, which we talked about. But yeah, I mean, so, you know, just do your research on that. But, like, yeah, so, like, even at that age, adults had let him down. And, and and really, that's kind of like an undercurrent with all of the kids. You know, Burns bullied by his brother. And his parents don't give a shit about him. Uh, Gordy's ignored over, you know, even his dead brother's ghost. You know, usurps him. Chris comes from physical abuse and 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 all this stuff. And and Teddy uh, had a very tragic life with his father with the PTSD and burning his ear on the stove. But he would Teddy would defend him. And it's just sort of like when we were kids, you know, you repress that shit and you find other ways to deal with it. But when you get to be an adult, you're like, ah. Oh, fuck. or even in in your late teens but I'm going on and on um this movie just it checks all the boxes it's a great film it's it's in my top ten of all time um you know it's, it, and, and in 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 non horror it's in my like top five um it's it's a really great movie and it just gets better and better it aged really really well because mm-hmm. it's a universal theme it really is so 10 out of ten cherry flavored pests
3: yeah, and I'm going to have to follow that up with uh, 10 out of 10 dick leeches.
2: ah uh-huh. <laughs> um, like, oh shit, guys, oh shit!
3: Like, like I said earlier, this is the best coming-of-age film. Um, I really, really feel this film. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a household with, uh, my dad was a Vietnam vet, and he struggled with PTSD, he struggled with uh, flashbacks, and he self-medicated with a bottle of whiskey a night. And, you know, so I had to deal with the ups and downs of, you know, uh, basically a single mom uh, because my dad was never really present, you know. And when he was, it was, you know, he was uh, argumentative, abusive. Um, and, you know, so it was, you know, I grew up that. So my friends were my my out. My friends were all I really had. And, you know, yeah, we'd go out and we'd get it into some shenanigans and fuck around and do some shit and some of the best times of my life you know when I look back and so now that I'm an adult like so when I was a kid when I saw this I enjoyed the movie but as an adult I love the movie because it means so much more to me now than it did then And, you know, I don't see that a lot in movies. Like, there are a lot of movies that we've talked about, and I know I get some shit um, for Monster Squad. But that's one of those films – well, no. I know you're throwing your thumbs up, Nico, but that's – Monster Squad is one of those films that I absolutely adored when I was a kid and then went back and watched it as an adult. And I was like, it didn't –
2: Exactly, and I warned you, didn't I?
3: Yeah, and I – you know, and so it's like – so then, yeah, that kind of – that's kind of like – Warned me about, you know, do I want to watch some of these films that I haven't seen since I was a kid? Some of them still hold up. The Last Starfighter, absolutely loved that movie. Loved it when I was a kid. Um, but this movie, like, I enjoy it more I as I might be adult. testing
2: you on one of those movies.
3: Um, I I just, I, I feel this movie so much more now than I did then. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10 dick leeches. <laughs>
5: Okay, uh, who would like to go next? So I would say probably about, yeah, I'd say 10 out of 10 uh, Blueberry Pies. Oh. <laughs> God, that reading that scene in the book and then seeing it in the movie – it was amazing. They did amazing on that, and that was just like one small part. The whole movie was great, but that one like sticks out. No matter what, no matter what scene is your favorite, that one will always stick out. Especially every time I have to pick up, clean up a throw up. That's the first thing that I think of.
2: Lord us, <laughs> Lord, <ask>. Lord us. <laughs> it's <ask. Yep.
5: laughs> the first thing I think of. I'm like, God damn it! I can't, I can't get away from it. <laughs> My favorite scene is the train. But mm-hmm. that, just because, like, even now I get anxiety watching that scene. Like, just the whole time I'm like, oh, I know they make it. I know. I've seen it. I've read it. But every time I'm just... But with the the, the pie, hmm.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, who wants to go next? Erica?
4: Sure. Um, yeah, I kind of have to can't go with pies i'll do a a nine out of ten lard asses
0: (laughs) um
4: the only reason i'm not giving it a perfect score is because it's not a horror film and i have such strong biases toward you know certain types of things the wet blanket but at least i'm not saying well it's not sliders so fuck it (laughs) yeah (laughs) right (laughs) 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 um but yeah, I, I do like, I do appreciate this movie more watching it now than when I watched it as a teen. Just there's just so uh, so much more that you relate to as an adult. And uh, there's like just so many things with the movie that are good from a technical standpoint. and we didn't even get into all that. but yeah, the train scene and how that was done and it's so believable, even though I think they um, uh, added the did, did some kind of projection to add the train in separately. Um, in a lot of those shots, but it's still the, the effects really hold up that whole sequence holds up. Um, and the soundtrack is so good too. Um, yeah, that's, that's another thing I meant to mention earlier, but yeah, this movie is definitely, it hits you in the feels and it's also, um, it's a movie along with Shawshank Redemption that I recommend to people who are afraid of Stephen King because they don't like horror. So it's like, well, maybe you would like one of these movies instead, and,
2: and they're
5: they better than horror like
4: adaptations, honestly. Exactly.
5: <laughs> you don't like Stephen King? Here's some diet Stephen King. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. right? But it, and it's better like, than the
4: horror
2: movies, not necessarily <laughs> the books. This <laughs> is yeah, but...
5: true. This is true. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, Nico, you're up. I'm
1: gonna give this ten out of ten. Goochers. Uh, uh, this is um, this is a rite of passage, um, I think, for any young, you know, whether you're into film, whether you're into Stephen King, whether you're, you know, whatever. Um, it's like Sean said, this is the quintessential perfect coming of age film. It doesn't matter how you identify; right. these characters are 100% relatable. Even though it's set in the you know in the late like in the like early sixties like it is right No, fifties that's, that's this in the fifties okay so even then still um, it it still feels timeless with you know the way the the portrayals are um, again Jerry O'Connell the fact that he got Rebecca around Maine you're the man um, he's great as Vern um,
2: I like that they were childhood friends sorry to interrupt.
1: Yeah, um, Corey Corey Feldman, of course, was a little phenom at the time because he was in, you know, Goonies prior to this Friday the 13th, the final chapter, because he was our first Tommy Jarvis. You know, this this really kind of, I think, like put him on the on the stratosphere at the time um will Wheaton, in course I, I you know it's gordy lachance as our, as our main character and our narrator with you know an adult richard richard dreyfus maybe that's why that idiot said daniel stern because he probably mistook this for wonder years who, who the hell knows <laughs> yeah um, i was like mm. um and of course i mean river phoenix i mean what, what do you say i mean this this was Legend. um this was a kid that that realistically um was Johnny Depp before Johnny Depp was a thing and was DiCaprio, well, they were best before friends. DiCaprio was a thing. Yeah. But this, this, this was somebody who I, I firmly believe, I, I agree with you. This guy was going to be it, like, he, he probably could have just like retired at like 40 Oh yeah. and popped up every now and then. And people would like anticipate his next like, you know, appearances. I even firmly believe that he probably would have won a multitude of awards. Uh, of Academy
2: then. Awards. Oh, yeah, he would yeah. have been racking them up. Because yeah, he was he, amazing.
1: He would have topped Tom Hanks. No no problem.
2: Absolutely. I believe that. hundred um, percent. And
1: actually, you know what? I, I would even go a step further. I, I would put money on it. I bet that Tarantino would have put him in one of his movies. Without even... He he probably would have played Calvin Candy in Django. Yes. If that was the case. I yes. could absolutely see River Phoenix playing that character. Um, I could even... I mean, there's nothing I, I, I couldn't see him doing. And it's, you know, it's, it's one of those, like almost, like, bittersweet, like, tragic. It's almost, like, um, it's, it's akin to Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker in The Dark Knight, where you left us with, like, this fucking, like, amazing, and then, like, you were gone too soon. And, yeah, because,
2: I mean, and if you haven't seen Brokeback Mountain, God, mm, got see and, that.
1: And, you know, I, I think that's, that's also the beauty of film, is that they're not here physically with us, but they live on forever in celluloid. Whether it's digital or the format that celluloid does because we're actually we're actual cinephiles here um so these people never die their memory lives on these performances are are timeless and i think
2: the one thing that fucking asshole john landis did say about vic morrow after he got him killed on twilight zone he said because he's in on film he will live forever
1: right um i i forgot what was going with that i'm Um, sorry i'm so sorry give me a second to try to what um, the supporting characters? Kiefer Sutherland, you know, Casey Shumosko, the this John Cusack. Even nobody even talked about that John Cusack was Denny.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, the fact that Meathead from All in the Family is the one that brought this this film to life, and then went on the year later to make the other quintessential '80s movie with The Princess Bride. Um, Fucking love know, that movie. I've, you know I've always said to, um, and I said said it earlier. I'll, I'll kind of echo it again this is probably the top three from the (coughs) 80s that that came out in that decade it was it would be you know and again in order stand by me the goonies and the lost boys they're they're the three most watched still to this day i mean it's no it's no coincidence that last year was the 35th anniversary and you know you said you mentioned that you put it on the social media people were like responding already to it
2: oh yeah like I, was I just put it on like halfway through the day too. And I
1: was telling people at work, I'm like, "Oh well," they're like, "What are we doing tonight?" And I'm like, oh "I'm recording a podcast for Stand By Me," and they were like, "What?" I love that movie. It's like one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, it 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 still holds true today. It maybe hits a little different that we're adults now. Maybe I'm not a parent, but
2: I don't think you to it from,
1: be right. And I and I see it from different eyes, you know. Because Sean and I were like those little asshole kids when we were younger, just just like them and. I think we all were, and it still resonates today. It's I it's, was definitely it's, Gordy. It's it's just as I would like to say that I that I was maybe, you know, Gordy or even like even maybe wanna be Chris, but in reality I was burned. <laughs> <laughs> um, um I don't think I'd ever survive their situation with having to go camping. I have a really up funny camping story and I can't tell it yet I don't know if it's the right time to tell it because then it's good be... <sighs> you guys are probably pissing your pants and we're gonna we're gonna save that for another time when all right when I can't look at that movie comes up um, or maybe gonna tell it at monster mania uh, over dinner
2: nice so um,
1: but yeah the the soundtrack everything is on point with this I mean I, I, I could just keep heaping praise upon praise upon praise on this film it's quotable we still use it today for shit. Um, even even um Teddy's little uh charred ear effect looked better <laughs> in this than the eyeball gag in fucking in Hostel. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm just gonna throw that out yeah. there. My cat's um,
2: vomit looks better than that. But... Right.
1: Right. And even that, like, like that, that's such like a nice little interlude as the lard ass scene because like you don't expect that to happen, you know? Because like they kind of allude to Gordy being like this this writer and creative like figure. But, you know, and even, like, John Cusack's character is, like, trying to get his parents to fucking notice that this kid has a talent and they don't give a fuck.
2: Denny was because, his supporter.
1: Right. Denny was, was his... Which, which, again, in the book, it's completely opposite. They're not as close in the book. And, I, and again, I, I think Rob Reiner... He was
2: so much older.
1: Right. And I think I think Rob Reiner... Well, they, he says, too, like, they didn't hate each other, but they weren't, like, super close either. But I think a lot of the, the the credit, I think, for this really has to go to Rob Reiner for the choices that he made with his adaptation. I mean, and I said it earlier, I will say it again also. Not only is this in the quintessential 80s and required viewing for anybody who's ever looking to know why the 80s was such a, you know, important decade for film. This is in the top three of all time Stephen King adaptations. And again, not horror. This... The Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile are the top three that are not, you know, Pupil is a little bit of a of a horror, well, horror story. Well, yeah, it, it is, that, and also the, it's of kind plot.
2: of a deep cut. A lot of people haven't seen that. Pupil, that's why I was like urging them to see it. It's really right. great. Brad Renfro is in it. Um, Ian McKellen, it's great. But, but I, I read still, it. I haven't seen it yet. I, I still um, look at the it books better, but the the movie is really great.
1: I, I still I don't know I th- I look at, at Pupil as kind of it's still kind of a, of a horror story because of what what the the film is you know or and the and the story are ultimately about. But That's an emotional whor- horror though. It yeah, is. it's yeah.
2: elevated horror as they call <laughs> yeah. it. I
1: mean, we're not going to get into the debate of like his best horror adaptation films because we we'll, we'll be here for three hours trying to and we don't arguing, arguing about it. Yeah, so that ain't happening. But I mean, I think we we can already all agree. covered the one, right? I mean, and and I will say, Ed chapter one was was the first one, not the second one, the first one.
2: I actually like the second one.
1: It's it's good, but I think the first one's... You know what it is? I think it's the fact that like because we, we can relate to those kids, and plus it's in the eighties. We want so... to
2: relate to those kids. But I still, I, I can because I, I did I not like kids the choice that not, they not put it in the cars. 80s instead of the 50s. I I don't like it. That's why we won't. Cover no, though. I think
1: I actually think that's a strong point is the fact that yeah. it takes place in the 80s because it makes it more relatable for people our age now, because that was us in the 80s. But
2: we're just talking about how relatable this film is, and it takes place in the 50s. I right, think if you're too, a good fucking filmmaker, and this is Rob Reiner's first film out the gate, directing, right you know what but, i'm saying like there and and it suffered from jump scare every five minutes to make sure you're paying attention and if you're doing that you're not doing your job as a filmmaker
1: okay we're gonna stop now because you're gonna get hype and i'm not dealing with that i'm already hyped so the the short answer to that real quick just so you're aware because this came out in the 80s that was the golden age for that era was the 50s remember the, oh yeah, their,
2: their yeah so now... the 50s nostalgia
1: Right, so It Chapter 2 came out around the time when the 80s nostalgia was at an all-time high because of Stranger Things, so I think that's also why they chose to do so. They have to go with what's trendy. And I just they, what, I just don't the... think it was very good. I, I it get good. it, I get Not it, We get it, but again, we don't, we don't make the decision they do because they know more than we do. But, I mean, $114 million can't be too, too bad. I mean, yeah, but home, also so.
2: look at Avatar. Nobody's going to fucking care about you know, those it, chapter 1 and 2. Nobody's going to care about it in 10 years. Nobody's going to give a I, fuck. Uh,
1: you know, I fell it asleep doesn't have during that staying power. With you. I don't care. I said what I said. I fell asleep during that fucking movie. I was bored to tears.
3: I'm just over here waiting on the next Game of Thrones book.
1: <laughs> but anyway, I, I, let me let me just end this quick because I know we're, we keep going off the tangents, but um, well, that's 10 out of 10 goochers, this is quintessential Stephen King, this is quintessential 80s, this is quintessential coming of age, this is quintessential everything. So if you haven't seen it, just fucking watch the movie and enjoy it for what it is.
3: And if you haven't seen it and you're waiting until now to see it, we've just spoiled the
1: whole fucking thing. But uh, you could
2: still fucking watch it and still get the feels because and still care about Because there's still more scenes
1: it. that like, we didn't even touch on that, that yeah. are A lot we purposely because we, you know, we want you to experience that film on its own. And you even if I told you the
2: entire plot summary... It's still... The watch is so much better. You, you need No to watch matter it.
5: what we could say, you won't be able to feel what you feel when no, you see it. Absolutely yeah.
1: not. Because it, it definitely makes you feel something at the end of it. You don't just walk away like, eh. You definitely yeah. feel one way or the other, but mostly you feel something because everybody that I know that's seen this movie, like, it stays with them. yeah, And they, they want to watch it again just to see what else. And real quick, I mean, I think something that's actually really cool that we didn't even touch on is the fact that, like, Benny King did did a... Uh, we recorded the, the, the actual, you know, song title. And River Phoenix and, and um, well, Wheaton are in the video with yeah. him. And it's almost like in a school setting, like it's in a lecture setting, how they're doing it, which is actually pretty cool. Well, Michael
2: was... Jackson was going to, he wanted to record a, uh, a version of Stand By Me, and they're like, no, we're going to just do the, you know, with the original.
1: Well, because probably at that point, that's when he was getting weird. Good
2: choice. <laughs> well, I mean, 86, he was on top still. He wasn't yeah, quite as was weird starting.
1: yet. He was starting at that point. Remember, because Bad came out the year. That's when he was actually recording Bad. But anyway. Uh,
2: Bad was a good album, dude. It is,
1: but it's not Purple Rain. But anyway.
2: Well, nothing's Purple Rain. Um, purple Rain.
1: <laughs> but that was, again, like the quintessential 80s, because in the 80s, when you did your, your your song for a soundtrack, you either had the scenes from the movie or you had the cast in the video with you. So seek it out on YouTube. Yeah,
2: think about like the it's Cindy Lauper Goonie song. The, yeah, oh my the God! The video made no Piper. fucking sense, but they had <laughs> no, the kids not.
1: in it. Dude, even, yep. even, even like,
5: fucking. In that you. Video. I was just watching that earlier this week and I was like, this is a wild video. It's got well,
2: nothing to do with the song. It has nothing to Which, do with the plot.
1: By, at the, all. Way, by the way, nothing,
5: with any, nothing in that video had anything to do with and anything. And it didn't even make any video. fucking
2: sense. But no. what I loved about Cindy Lauper, and I say this about myself, because even as a kid, I have resonated with her. Because, you know, her album that was big was She's So Unusual. And I say that about myself. I'm like, she's so unusual. I'm such a Cindy lopper I wanted to throw in before uh, we do plugs. Because uh, we didn't talk about the soundtrack and we did just now bring it up. Um, when I was writing my notes today, and I, I did put in chat that I was crying like a fucking baby. I'm sick and I'm an easy crier anyway. I get really fucking emotional and deep about shit. But... There's this version, and I, I love video games, I was playing Final Fantasy 15, And that game made me and Ash cry so fucking, we were sitting on the couch crying so hard. Sean comes by and is handing his tissues, we're both like, because oh, it's also about friendship, because all the other Final Fantasies was a love story. This was about friendship, and there's this scene, um, and it's not spoiling because it's not quite the end, but he's like the best part of all of this, you know, after you're 100 fucking hours into the game and he's crying, the main character, us, and he's like, is that... I did this all with you. It's it's, it's a big bromance, a, a group of four guys, and a big adventure, and it just... I cried my fucking eyes out. And Florence and the Machine did uh, Stand By Me for it. And I gotta tell you, that fucking version of the song, oh my god, it's like a gut punch. It's beautiful. I love Florence and the Machine anyway, but... Um, you know, they're, they're kind of there with Radiohead with me. I can't listen to them all the time because they make me cry, but because they're really good. But, but yeah, if I urge you to seek that out, that's that's the only acceptable other version of this song that I, I, I like. And I, I really, it's a beautiful fucking version. And, and I urge you to seek it out. I was listening to it, that was the version I chose to write my notes to. And I was like, oh my god, you know. So I'm really glad we could talk about this and just resonate. Um, with the same themes you know doesn't matter your gender you know this is that time in your life and it, it it speaks to all genders all whatever your identity is every kid male female whatever non-binary um it speaks to you because every kid goes through that that phase that time in their life and you can mm-hmm. never ever get it back and you're such in such a hurry to move on and you never ever get it back you try to recapture it, and you can't. And you think about it. The older that you get, the more you go, oh, fuck, I didn't know. I didn't know that was the end. You know? I didn't know that was, like, this big turning point. I was excited because I knew it was, but I thought it was like, oh, I'm going to high school and or junior high, and I'm going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't know that that was really the end of my childhood. <laughs> and, um... You know, in the different seasons uh, uh, book with each novella, there's like Hope Springs Eternal for spring. And then there's uh, Summer of Corruption, um, Fall of Innocence. uh, You you know, he has these really creative titles uh, that go for the seasons. And um, yeah, it just it works. And if you haven't read that book, you should fucking read it. It's not horror. It's just great. So anyway, plugs. Plugs. Anybody, uh, mine's, mine's easy, I guess. Uh, just everything House That Screams related and my personal stuff, which is all House That Screams related, is at linktree slash candy the Uh
5: You can find all of my stuff uh, at glamrockgoddess.com. Uh, and glamrock like, you know,
2: 80s. Oh, I know what you mean. That's what I call it, <laughs> glamrock.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: I love it. Not cock rock, not hair metal. It's glamrock uh eventually i will have all of
5: my links on it but right now it's just like my main ones which are uh my social media uh my cash app a venmo and probably a couple others that i don't
4: remember
2: okay um erica
4: sure uh, first i want to plug my new cats because they're so cute i know i just
2: keep staring at them i'm like that that's yeah. bean's cousin right there <sighs> Oh. I swear it's Bean's cousin. He looks just like yeah. Beans, except he's a little, got a bigger face. Bean's is. Yeah, little,
4: this, this one's Joy because she like, purrs all the time. But uh, yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, you can um, uh, find me at myhorrificlife.com or on Instagram at myhorrificlife. Um, please also check out my friend uh, Andrew Devos brewery, 3 Um And please support my uh, other friend Andre Iskanov, who is in russia doesn't support the war with ukraine or any war uh really and he's um facing some difficult supply chain issues because of all of the u.s and european companies that have stopped service to russia so even cat food has run out of stores so not fun for his cat uh, and i know his cat's his world yes yeah oh, he oh, no, is so. world yeah, please uh, consider uh, becoming a Patreon subscriber. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Iskandar, which will help him not only make his movies but help him with some day-to-day expenses, medications he needs, uh, other essential
1: items. You can you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at El Jefe del Horror. The boss. Uh, anything else uh, the show related anything you could find on my linktree linktree.com slash the real Nico Nice um, I think we're getting ready to do something soon right you and I with um, yes. trying to raise money for, for sticks and stones soon we okay.
2: are we need to uh, have some meetings about that
1: yeah because I've had a couple more people read the script now and they're like when is this happening because like, I need to see this so you know
2: yeah definitely um gotta, gotta get this ready to, to wanna... buckle down and do that
1: um so yeah that's pretty much all i got and then i mean i don't know when this will be out but if you see us at monster mania like say what's up like we're gonna be out and about
2: yeah this will be out after monster mania yeah. but we already have a lot of people that are excited to see us so okay
1: because
2: after joe bob everybody's like do you guys do cons i'm like we go they're like no you have like a booth i'm like no like, i like we've been plugging away at this for two years we may have and... to change that yeah we, we're gonna change that but um We've been playing away at this for two years. We're just now getting success. Uh, Joe Bob did help me once again in my life by uh, making me a little a little famous, and <laughs> and in return also the show because um, he did shout us out and <laughs> for millions of people and uh, all of you who came to me with your heartfelt messages about my letter, I I I cried about it. Like thank you, thank you. So, um I'm
3: Uh, You can find me on Instagram and Twitter, Sean of the Dead. Um, Wanted to give a few shout-outs to our brothers across the pond, Ian and Nico over at Podcast of the Damned. I just recorded on Sunday with them. Uh, We did Arachnophobia, uh, which was a huge hit in my younger years. Um, I want to give a shout-out to... (laughs) <laughs> Baron's Baron's Hideout, who I'm recording um, in a couple of weeks. We're doing uh, my favorite film of all time, *Return of the Living Dead*.
2: Well, yeah, that was our first perfect score on the show. And, all of us.
3: And shout out to uh, our guy Boomer over at uh, Podcast in the Woods. He just uh, got his podcast, podcast up and running, and spoke with him today. And I will be hopping on with him. We're doing revenge films.
2: We're doing school films, and I picked Night of the Creeps. So. I,
3: I picked Ma- I picked Mandy.
2: Oh, nice. Because nice, nice. that was the one of all the 15 episodes we lost. That was the one I wish we hadn't lost. Yeah. It was right after my fucking back surgery. It was a great episode. Fuck. Yeah.
3: So, thanks, everybody. Great episode tonight.
2: I didn't think I'd make it, it all the fun. way, but I, I got so excited about the subject matter. And I, you could tell, like, I keep grabbing my head. My head is pounding, but...
1: Oh. Let's let's look to the future, as in this Friday. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I
2: gotta get better, so I'm gonna rest up. So and... we're
1: gonna be at Monster Mania, guys. I'm yeah, excited.
3: Looking forward to it. So cool.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: It's gonna be a fun ten-hour drive. Let me tell you.
2: Well, we're stopping in <laughs> Pittsburgh on the way home.
3: That's right.
2: I Finally, get to go to the <laughs> Mall, and it so will be in Mobile, and I get to go to the Cemetery of Night Living Dead, and some of those locations, and that's like romance to me well, that told, was where he was gonna propose to me i told
1: sean by the way too you're gonna run into some that's so cool show, creep show locations there too because they did yes. some in pittsburgh some of it not all of it
2: yeah. yeah yeah i mean there's there's just so much romero there and and savini school is there and you know there's a lot of shit so it's like a bucket list trip for us and plus it's, it's our romantic thing yeah you
1: know. so there
2: you because we're weird like that it's always horror so
1: <laughs> I gotta actually go because I gotta get up like early. Yeah, like me too. Class. Yeah, I actually have, yeah. To, uh, have an appointment for the gym in the morning, so you know I gotta get good yeah. pictures this weekend. Get those guns!
2: You know. <laughs> I took a week break off my Look diet. At that. Damn, son! Damn, yeah, man! Just I, yeah, I, I man. see your gym oh, selfies. Yeah. I'm like, damn, get it, get it.
1: Awesome! Well, I'll see guys. you guys Friday. Like, this yeah? is gonna be awesome. I can't wait to see you guys on Friday. I like, I know fun. it's, it's weird, and I Friday. will
2: hopefully be better by then because kids are starting to recover. So
1: yeah. Oh, all right. fuck, I just feel like and shit right real, now. And real quick before we part, just so you know, I don't know if you, <coughs> this is this, obviously i will edit all this out, um, I would recommend still bringing a mask just in case, because he did oh, plan some to. of them, may require you to wear one, yeah. I'm not sure, so. I planned on it. Yeah, we'll have... I'd have it. Just in case, I don't yeah. know. If we not, you know, I mean, if only we were going to be in a place where vendors are going to be selling literally everything ever made known to man, so. Right. Maybe, yeah you know what I mean so
2: because yeah. I got it I don't want my reanimator copy is shitty so I need to get something reanimator so I can have Barbara and
1: Jeffrey sign it dude my, my hole mm. is gonna be filled up with like at least three of them over there so I can't, did I can't. you
3: just say your hole is gonna be filled yeah, up my, with the my, hole my back of
1: them? there hole is, in the wall my, my whole poster oh, okay <laughs> gotcha with... gotcha just like the finger in your butt. yeah
2: you know. ah. <laughs> Oh God, we had to go back there. Uh, oh, sorry. that was
4: funny. Anyway. Yeah, literally in <laughs> so many you ways. The <laughs> proctologist. Liquid <laughs>
1: sex. Yeah. In a weird this, way. Dude, this is this is actually why Sean's like upset that I'm gonna have I'm gonna be sleeping in a different hotel room because I know. She's like I was gonna out, sleep in the same bed times, with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be Brokeback Cherry Hill yeah. <laughs> well, gonna...
2: well when we were at the, the Joe Bob thing um, I do this thing with Sean like because I can't be touched when I'm asleep but I put my <clears> hand <throat> on him and I was so tired that night like I was hallucinating and found out Joe Bob and them were too like everybody was fucking like out of it and I I went out to smoke and, and everybody was fucking asleep in the hotel room and I got in bed and I was, I, I was so tired I was thinking I was in bed with Sean so I reached out my hand to touch Sean and I was like that's Erica Yep. <laughs> and I thought everyone was asleep, and I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And well, everybody I mean, is fucking laughing in the hotel room. I'm like, you fuckers, I thought you were asleep. I didn't well, seem to. This is where the
1: bromance was born, was, that, was that, that when him and I... That's right. Well, like, yeah, Eric that... and
2: I were hanging out in the car, because like, after the intense heat, and then the rain, like, I was like, getting... Nico
3: in the and I were up. just sitting out in the rain, fucking riffing on... Uh, we were doing it in the car. We were doing too. it in the car, because wow. Nico <laughs> would
2: pop in the car. It, it was me and Daniel and Erica. We were just like... I'm not sitting in the fucking rain. Like, after the heat, I had, like, fucking fainted from heat. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to get fucking pneumonia. So I have to go in the car. <laughs> and I was on a lot of drugs, let's real, be honest. Real quick,
1: because I know you guys know, ahead of time, I will just tell the both of you now, make sure that you have your cash prior <laughs> to getting to that hotel. Oh, because we're not new here. I, and I, I, I know, but I'm just saying, <laughs> in the event bring a little extra, and I know you know, but that ATM has longer lines than Dexter's going to have.
2: Oh, yeah. We oh, always, yeah. Um, we've been going so, to horror cons for And it's for only years. one, by
1: the way. One. Yeah. So we've episode. been
2: going to horror cons for years. We always come armed with cash.
1: I'm just I don't, I don't but Because a lot of times, one,
2: like, at Horror Hounds, like, we'll go to buy something and they'll say they accept cards, but then they're like, well, the internet's down and we can't. Oh, yeah. And we're just like, fuck, here's some cash. We have <laughs> cash. <laughs> we, I'm just <laughs> telling you now
1: because, like, that thing was out of cash, like, I can't tell you how many times. Like, it's bad and it's only just the one. But these yeah. people
2: that go to Horror Hounds, how do they not know to come with cash?
1: No, because half of them aren't. Like, that's like we are. A lot of them are just brand new because they're like, oh, look, like, the kids from it are going to be here. Like, let's just go there now yeah mm-hmm. it's annoying so
2: like we're like professional fucking con right. goers like, like we like know like, armed with goth- cash
5: I, i'm such a blueberry with it because i'm over here going to my first one in april for the dark side of the con <clears throat> and i have no idea what i'm doing
1: <laughs> so i think that one's more for a like little the, overwhelming the your first one gothic right that one what's that that one's more for like the emo right the gothic one yeah, it's all
5: goth yeah, stuff. It's goth have, themed I everything. Only, uh,
1: two
5: friends I love goth, goth out, are are at that event. I like well, my vampires, goth and emo. What I wanted was to see Orgy for my birthday because oh, yeah. my birthday oh is Oh my god, 11. I used to it's love my them. My favorite band. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen them and I've met them, uh, and I have pictures of me with the band, so I didn't miss out. <laughs> Uh, they also shine, signed my favorite pair of shoes so those are now like they don't go anywhere. Yeah, you don't ever touch them again. They no. just go
2: there and you look at them and you're like they just oh, look, look nice and
5: I'm very happy that they exist. <laughs> yeah, it.
2: for me um as far as like emo and stuff it's MCR and I'm seeing them in Chicago in September mm-hmm. for my birthday. They're um it's a big at Riot Fest. Uh, Misfits are going to be there. That'll be my second time seeing the reunion Misfits with Danzig and all that, yeah. and I'm, I'm ready. Uh, my one of my favorite bands, uh, Taking Back Sunday, a uh, lot of good mm-hmm. bands, especially pumpkins are going to be there, but I never like them, so they can fuck yeah. off. They're but okay. yeah, I'm going to see MCR and Misfits. Nice, Sorry,
1: nice. nice. but
2: I found TV out that Comic Christ is
5: playing there too, so now I'm excited for that.
1: No, oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Sean, I, yeah, thought, yeah. I thought you heard that, Sean. What'd you say? I said, I'm still cracking up about Daniel Stern dropping a beat at my pool <laughs> party. It
2: made me think of, because I, I like American Dad better than Family Guy. when like Stan. American Dad, yeah. yeah. American Dad's better than Family Guy. Sorry, I said what I said. But where he jumps in the pool and he shits and he's like trying to make Barack Obama shit in the pool to make it cool. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a funny episode. It's one of my favorites, but. Yeah. Anyway um yeah thank you guys for doing this sorry i wasn't feeling well but i seem to have done okay um Mm -hmm. surprisingly i'm I'm gonna pay for it i mean i was gonna be miserable anyway so i'm like fuck it why not just talk about something i enjoy but anyway thank you guys so much for being here um looking forward to Friday, and uh love you guys love you
3: love you guys take care have a great (laughs) night have
2: a good night bye (laughs)